0: Well, let's take a survey. How many of you think you're young? Would you raise your hand, please? All the young people in the room, I love to see people up in years raise their hand at that question. That's beautiful. And how many of you would say you're old? Would you raise your hand, please? I didn't say it. I'm letting you judge yourself, all right? How many of you are afraid to vote? Would you raise your hand, please? You know, age is a very relative thing. Have you lived long enough to figure that out? I was preaching in a teen meeting a few years ago, and I said something about being young, and we got in the car afterwards. You know, preachers want their wives to say good things and to encourage them. And we got in the car, and Tammy, first words out of her mouth, said, there was one thing you said tonight you probably don't need to say again. I said, what's that? She said, you said you're young. And I said, right. She said, not to those young people you're not. You're old now. And it's true, because old age is just a little older than you. And I've come to the place in life that I feel like I'm, I'm caught, if I may say it that way, between generations. I just turned 46 a week ago, halfway to 92. That's what I am, halfway to 92. And I have lived long enough now to, to be grown and to have received certain things from my parents. I'm so grateful to God they're here tonight. And now at a stage in life where our kids are almost grown, and I'm, I'm thinking about the relay race of life, What you receive and what you pass on tonight I'm going to take you to a verse of Scripture and I'm only gonna preach one verse tonight some of you said oh good it's gonna be a short sermon not necessarily but one verse of Scripture tonight and it is a famous verse and it is often quoted and it is usually misunderstood in fact I think it probably is one of the most misinterpreted and misapplied verses in the whole Bible and i have good news for you tonight whether you consider yourself young or old or anywhere in between there is some truth here for you i want you to open the word of god with me if you will please to the book of proverbs tonight when i say i'm limiting myself to one verse i'm doing so because proverbs is a book of sentence sermons and by and large each of these verses stand alone and they're packed with truths amazing how much truth god can pack into one verse I bring you to Proverbs chapter number 22, which is known for lots of amazing verses. For example, verse 1 is a good one. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. That's a good one. How at verse 4? By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. That's a good one. Tonight I bring you to Proverbs 22 and verse number 6, where the Bible says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, He will not depart from it fascinating to me that you see childhood in the first part of the verse and old age in the last part of the verse yet all of life wrapped up in one verse of the Bible Proverbs 22 verse number six Solomon of course wrote the majority of the book of Proverbs he wrote three books of the Bible he wrote song of Solomon when he was young and in love how many of you are still young and in love yes God bless both of you that's wonderful He wrote Ecclesiastes when he was an old man at the end of his life looking back on lots of bad decisions full of regret but he wrote Proverbs really at the if we might say the middle age of life at the period of time where he'd lived long enough to have entered into a certain understanding of so many things and he gives these these power-packed sermons like this particular verse. Would you read the verse out loud with me? Do you have it in front of you? Proverbs 22, verse 6. You probably could quote it from memory, but put your eyes on it. Would you please? Ready? Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Several years ago, a lot of years ago now, I was about, I don't know, maybe 21, 22 years of age, and Tammy and I had not been married real long. We had Morgan at the time, I think. She had entered the world. She was still a baby. And I went to preach in Puerto Rico at a teen camp for a week. A mutual friend of ours named Johnny Daniels was hosting the camp. It was out in a rainforest in the middle of nowhere. I still remember how secluded it was. And, uh, I live in the mountains, but this was really in the mountains and up back roads and out in the middle of no man's land. It was a good week. It was a good week for me. You know, preachers like to think that they go to places to do the speaking. I, I've realized now that a lot of times God takes me places to speak to me. And the very often, it's really not about my sermons. I could not tell you what I preached on that week. I do not remember a single sermon I gave, but I remember one conversation that I had. And Johnny Daniels and I were sitting at lunch one day and just talking about life and family. He knew we had a little girl, and he knew I was working with teenagers and trying to help young people serve the Lord, and... And he said to me, just kind of off the cuff, at least I thought, he said, Scott, you know that verse? You know that verse in the Bible, train up a child in the way he should go when he's old and not depart from him. And I said, Yes, I know that verse. He said, What's that verse mean? Now, he was setting me up, that's really what he was doing. Because he knew what it meant, and he knew I probably didn't know what it meant. And I gave the standard answer, you know the answer. Well, you know, I've always heard that if you keep him in church and teach them the Bible and put the right things in them and try to keep them under the right influences, then when they're old, they won't get away from it. I'll never forget his response So the day I die. He, he jumped up in his seat, kind of hit his hand on the table. He said, son, I have lived long enough to know that's not true. Be honest now how many of you have lived long enough to know there's a lot of good kids who've come through youth groups and Sunday schools and Christian schools and churches and good families and had the right things put into them and good people influenced them lots of Bible preached to them every week and when they were old they turned away from it how many of you have seen that before hmm Johnny Daniels said to me he said if that's what that verse means the Bible's not true he said because I, I've seen the exact opposite of that many many times he said to me he said young people have a choice young people have a choice uh, your pastor i know loves adrian rogers and the other day somebody shared a quote about adrian rogers he was full of them but i liked what he said he said when when children turn out right parents take way too much of the credit and when they turn out wrong they take way too much of the blame and i think there's a lot of truth in that because as parents we all have this deep deep sense of you know they're ours they're not ours they are the lord's and they're ours to train up for a little period of time we we have a window and the window gets smaller and smaller doesn't it and so we like to think you know that just because we put the right things in them or we told them the right thing they're going to do the right thing forever look young people have a conscience you, you young people sitting in front of me tonight nobody can coerce your conscience no look people can teach you they can influence you they can love you they can pray for you they can plead with you they can look over your shoulder until you're 18 years of age but the reality is you have a personal accountability to god and the responsibility to choose the right thing and in the end nobody else can choose that for you you will have to choose that for yourself And so just because, just because you've been under the right kind of training does not necessarily ensure that you are going to have a great life. People have the idea when you have a Christian school, well, we'll send our kids to the school, and it's like this factory. You know, they come in as little heathen, and they come out as little saints. It doesn't happen that way. There is no such factory on this property. There is no such factory on this planet. That is not God's way. And so I remember saying to brother Daniels I said brother Johnny if that's if that's not what that verse means you got to help me what does that verse mean and he smiled and he said I'm gonna quote the verse back to you again he said but I'm gonna place an emphasis on a different word he said I won't change a single word because every word of God is perfect and pure and he said you should never tamper with the words but God has an emphasis in every verse and when you find God's emphasis it opens the verse up to you he said see if this doesn't change the meaning And then he said it this way, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I remember what brother Johnny said to me that day he said Scott that verse is not a promise to claim it's a principle to live see everybody's looking for some promise that they can hold on to that maybe the kids will turn out right he said to me this is not some empty promise that you just hold on to and think well maybe someday it'll all turn out better this is a principle that we all must apply old and young there's a principle here for every one of us And so if the if the misunderstanding is that what's the meaning of the verse I got to studying this verse and I found out that Johnny Daniels was exactly right. That in fact, that wasn't his interpretation or his idea about the verse, that is exactly what the verse means look at the verse again when the Bible says train up a child in the way he should go did you know that in the language of the day the, the Hebrew language that literally this word the way he should go means his individual way his look the way here is not God's general way for everybody I mean I think we all would agree everybody gets to heaven the same way can we get an amen on that There are many ways to God. There's one way to God. His name is Jesus. And so if you want to be saved, if you're young or if you're old, it doesn't matter. Everybody goes to heaven the same way. And then God has a way for Christians. He wants you to be baptized, and he wants you to be a part of a local assembly like this where you can serve the Lord and fellowship with God's people and grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. He he gave you a book to guide you, and he gave you access to God in prayer. He gave you the command to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I might say all of that and much more is God's general way for all of his children. That doesn't vary from person to person. But hear me with your heart, please. As surely as God has a general way for all of his children, oh, I love this, God has a specific way for every one of his children. There's a path laid out for you that only God truly knows and only God can help you really find. Oh, and this is wonderful. If you ever find that path when you're old, you won't want to depart from it because you will have discovered Why God put you on this planet you know what I meet on the road all the time sad empty souls I'd like to tell you I meet them out in the world but I meet a lot of them in church buildings they're Christians they're on the way brother they're headed to heaven and perfectly miserable in it and do you know why because they have lived without discovering why they're breathing Do you know some people live their entire life without ever finding God's path, God's way for them, and so they search and they wander, and they think there's got to be something. I'm missing something somewhere, but they never find God's path for their life, and I'm looking tonight at a bunch of trainers and trainees. That's what we have sitting right here in front of me, a bunch of trainers and trainees. If you're a young person I mean by that you're still at home and still under the, the leading of parents or grandparents or somebody that's helping raise you you're still in school you're still at that stage and season in life you're at the juncture where you're the one being trained being brought along and might I just say that's not a negative that's a positive stop wishing your life away when I was in junior high I wanted one thing I wanted to be in high school I got in high school I wanted one thing I wanted my driver's license I got my driver's license. I wanted one thing. You know what it was? I wanted to be out of high school. I got out of high school. I wanted to be in college. I got in college. I wanted to be out of college. I got out of college. I wanted to be married. I got married. We wanted to have children. We had children. I wanted to stop. It doesn't work that way. Because life, like a freight train, picks up speed as it moves forward. And some of you are wishing your whole life away. Can I just say to the young people who are together here tonight, enjoy where you are in life. Enjoy the people God's put you with. Enjoy the place of God's providential choosing for you. Even enjoy the generation God has sovereignly allowed you to live in. Look, there's a lot of bad in this world, but God is still good. Enjoy what God has given you right where you are. Don't wish your life away. Then I'm looking at a whole lot of trainers in the room tonight. How many parents are here would you raise your hand parents now you're still you're a trainer look your kids may be home or your kids may be gone from home but there's still training work that can be done that doesn't end in life How many grandparents are here? Would you raise your hand? All your grandparents? I want you to know, I I would not be who I am today apart from the influence of my grandparents and what they passed on. the, The older I get, the more grateful to God I am for my parents and for my grandparents. In fact, I think a whole lot of the blessing of God on my life is directly attributed not to anything that I've done, but to the faithfulness of the generations of people that came along ahead of me. And I want you grandparents to know, God's got something special for your life. You say, my time's over. Brother, if you're still breathing, your time's not over. So don't you die before you die, and don't you quit before God is finished. If you're still on the planet, it must mean God is not finished with you. It's a fascinating thing, but there really are only two groups of people in this room. There are those who are being trained and being brought along because God's laying a foundation for the rest of your life, helping you find your path, his path for you. I used to ask young people, what do you want to do with your life? I stopped asking that. Now I ask, what does the Lord want you to do with your life? I hear people say, I'm just trying to find my way, preacher. Well, there's your problem. Don't find your way. Find God's way. And if you're not a trainee, then you're a trainer, which means you're to have a part in bringing the next generation along behind you and helping them to discover why God put them on this planet. And so tonight, I'm going to preach to both groups. I want you to do something, everybody. Would you participate? I want you to take out something to write with and something to write on real quick right now. And if you need to borrow something, do it quickly. But I want you to find something to write with and something to write on because I'm going to give young and old a list tonight, and I'm going to ask you to write the list down so you can take it home, talk about it, meditate on it, and I pray apply it to your life. Let's start with the young people because this is written to them. this book of proverbs written to young people so let's start with the ones who are being trained and uh, by the way look at the verse train up a child let me just point two things out before i give you the list first it says train up i love this god's way is always an upward way never a downward way you know what sin does stomps you in the ground the devil drive a man down and kick him while he's down, but the Lord is always reaching where we are and bringing us up. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table and a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Set your affection on things above and not on things on the earth. It is the upward life. But There's something else. Look at it. It says train up a child, and I know, I know, no young person enjoys being called a child. But may I just tell you something about the word child in the Bible? It doesn't mean you're some little thing running around. It means you've got your whole life ahead of you. It is, it is never written in a demeaning kind of way like he's a child. It's written this way. Look, you got your whole life ahead of you. Start now and don't waste a day of it. It's full of hope and full of promise and potential. So what's the application of this verse to the young people in the room? Might be good if even us old folks wrote it down so we can pass it on to somebody. Number one, would you write this down? God has a way for your life. The most obvious thing here is if there's a path to find, it means somebody charted the path. Aren't you glad God's already in your future? somebody said where's the Lord he's everywhere he's above you and he's around you and he's behind you and he's in you and he's with you and yes praise God he's ahead of you like the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night the Lord young people is already in your future God has something for you maybe there's some young person here right now you're fretting you're worried you're just worried to death You lay awake at night thinking about the future and wringing your hands and what am I going to do and where am I going to go to college and who am I going to marry and what am I going to do with my life? Could I just say tonight with all the grace I can, would you relax? You don't have to figure all this out. God already has it all figured out. He said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end." He said to Jeremiah, before I even formed you in the womb, before you came out of your mama's womb, he said, I knew you and I ordained you and I sanctified you. Hey, the God who created you has a plan and purpose for your life and I guarantee you on the authority of the word of God, it is better than anything you ever imagined for your life. There is not a single plan that you could make or somebody else could make for you that could excel or exceed what the perfect God has in mind for your life. And the God who gave you this life has uniquely prepared you for it. God has a plan for you. There's a second truth I want you to write down. Young people, it's this. You should begin to seek it as early in life as possible. You know what happens to people? They wait till late in life to start getting right. I have never met an older person who got right with God and said, I'm glad I waited to the end to get right. But i have met a lot of people who said i wish i had started earlier and not wasted my life let me show you something hold your place everybody put your hand right here coming right back to the verse don't lose your place go back in your bible to the psalms just for a second look at psalm 90. psalm 90 is the oldest psalm in the bible It's so old that david didn't write it moses did it's moses prayer did you ever notice this verse there's a lot of great verses but did you ever notice this verse look at psalm 90 and verse number 14 oh satisfy us what's the next word please early circle that in your bible with thy mercy that we may rejoice and be glad read the rest of it please all our days notice the divine order if you want god's blessing on all your days get him in on it early you want the lord in on the landing get him in on the takeoff See, we treat god like mr fixer we're gonna go chart our course and do our thing and make our way and be our own person, and then we make an everlasting mess out of it and we run to the Lord and say, Lord, can you fix this and straighten this out? Well, the Lord in his mercy so often does, but I want you to know that there is a better way. I'm gonna tell you what the better way is. Don't make a mess out of it to start with. Give your life to God as early in life as possible. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise in the salvation. Look, God has a plan for you, and you should begin as early in life as possible to find God's path for you. Here's a third truth. Others will help you find it. The verse says, train up a child in the way he should go. What does that mean? It means God has providentially chosen to put people into your life and across your path that are there by divine appointment to point you to God's way for you. That doesn't mean they can make all the decisions. I heard a girl say, not long ago, she said, when do I get to start deciding? Would you like to know the answer? You already are. You are this night making decisions that will affect who you are 30 years from now. On the count of three, tell me how old you are. Ready? One, two, three. Good. Happy birthday. All right. Everybody add 30 to it right now. Everybody, use your fingers, your toes, your nose, whatever you got to do. Add 30 to it. Tell me your new age. One, two, three. Yeah. Some of you got a little muttered there. Some of us say, we're not going to be here 30 years from now. I hope Jesus comes before then. Don't you hope Jesus comes before then? But I want to tell you young people something. 30 years from now, if Jesus tears you coming and lets you live, you're going to be old like the rest of us. You better start now learning what it means to make the most of your life. Don't wait until then. Instead, listen to these people that God has put in your path who are trying to help you. I'm going to tell you who your best friend is. You say, I'm sitting next to him. Not necessarily. You say, I go to school with him. They're on my ball team. Not necessarily. I'm going to tell you who your best friend is. Your best friend is the person that wants you to have a good day when you stand before Jesus. That's your best friend on earth. And it may not even be somebody you spend a lot of time with. You see this man here who's given his life as a shepherd of this flock, preaching and teaching and guiding and counseling and praying. Do you understand something? He's not doing that for his health. He's not doing that for gain. He's doing that because he's trying to help some people find God's way for their life. Don't you neglect the people that God has put in your life as the trainers. You may not always like them. You may not always appreciate them. You may not always understand them and you may not always agree with them, but you can always thank God that the Lord loved you enough to send somebody to you that tells you the truth and praise you to God. Don't you neglect the people God has chosen for you. And then there's a fourth thing. Would you write this down? When you find God's path for you, you won't want anything else they're trying to help you find God's purpose let me just pause and testify for a moment I know I'm doing tonight what God put me on the earth to do there are other things I could do matter of fact at this stage in life you know something I'm learning everybody listen to me I don't care how old you are listen to this there is a difference between what you could do and what you should do did you know you only get one life there's only so many hours in the day so many years in a lifetime and so much energy in your body you can't do everything It's not what you could do, and it's not what you would do. It's what you should do. God says, there's something I want you to plug into. There's something I want you to give your life to. And tonight, though I'm sure I could do much better at it, and I want to do much more of it, I know that I have found why I'm breathing and why God put me on this planet. I'm testifying now. It is the grandest thing on earth. I used to hear people say that this calling was the greatest calling and this calling was the greatest calling. No, no, this calling is the greatest calling. Let's all settle it tonight. You ready? The greatest calling in life is whatever God calls you to do. And God's calling on my life is different than yours and yours than mine but the gifts and callings of God are without repentance and if you can find out what God wants for you brother you have found the most fulfilling thing on planet earth and when you get old you won't be searching for something else because you'll be rejoicing that you've discovered what God made you for there's a fifth truth would you write it down you have to choose it for yourself in fact the very word should implies that not all will you have to choose God's way for you every young person in this room is gonna have a decision to make some of you right now are struggling on the inside are you gonna go what mom and dad have said or are you gonna go your own way that's not the decision you're making the decision you're making is are you gonna do what God wants you to do or not it is not about your parents way the church's way it's about the way God has for your life your pastor asked if I would share this message tonight he and I in conversation some weeks ago we're talking about this verse and I was just sharing with him from my heart some things God was teaching me and he said would you share that with our families I had no idea when we discussed it that my parents would be here tonight no idea but I want to tell you the reason I am at this moment, doing what I believe God has given me to do with my life is because when I was very young and God started working in me, my parents sought the Lord, walked close enough to God to help me find God's way for me. They didn't push me, Mm-mm. they didn't drive me to something, they didn't call me into the ministry. They didn't try to, to manipulate and, and connive to get me where they wanted me. They didn't, they didn't push me. On the other hand, they didn't hold me back either. When God started showing me things, they were, they were the greatest cheerleaders I had. They encouraged me. I want you to listen to me tonight. I'm trying to help your family and I'm trying to help a generation coming along behind us because 30 years from now, a whole bunch of us are going to be in glory if Jesus tarries is coming. Somebody's got to be here serving God and the only way that's ever going to happen is if they find God's path for them. So let's flip the coin tonight. Let me talk to all the trainers for a minute and even you young people could write these down because very shortly, sooner than you think, you're going to be on the trainer's side. Number one, would you write this down? If you want to help those God has given you to influence here's here's how you help train them number one begin by helping them to do the revealed will of God see immediately everybody thinks about the future can I tell you something about the will of God the will of God is not future the will of God is always present it's because God is always present he's the present tense God you don't do the will of God someday People think, well, I graduate from school, then I'll do the will of God. Nonsense. You're not going to do the will of God then if you won't do the will of God now. You remember what Jesus said? If any man will do my will, he shall know of the doctrine. That sounds backwards to me. I mean, the way we live is i got to know it to do it. Jesus said you've got to do it to know it. How many of you want to know the will of God for your life? Would you raise your hand? Young and old like, you want to know the will of God. I'm going to tell you how to know the will of God. Do today whatever God told you to do today. See, people say they want to know the will of God for out there. i want to tell you something. You don't get the will of God out there if you won't do the will of God right where you are. What is the thing God has put in your heart to do? What is the thing the Holy Ghost won't leave you alone about? He keeps talking to you about it in every church service. Every time you open the Bible, every time you get on your knees, God won't leave you alone. You've got to start right there if you want to find God's path for your life. You've got to take the next step, and when you take it, God will show you the next one. There's a second thing. Would you write it down? Encourage them to seek God for themselves. I think the greatest thing you ever teach a young person is how to pray and walk with God. You kids that are here tonight, I want you to listen to me. It's not just preachers that that can pray and talk to God. You can pray and talk to God, and God will talk to you. Learn to get in the Word of God. Learn to commune with the Lord. Mom and Dad, I'm going to tell you where I'm at my pastor said to me when our kids were young he said Scott the biggest struggle you'll have is not holding on to your kids it's letting go of them boy was that prophetic and now the Morgan and Isaac off on their own and now Lauren is is coming to serve the Lord your pastor just keeps getting all my kids down here leave them alone man and then Grant, our youngest, has only got a year left of high school, and I'm thinking to myself, "Wait, I'm, I'm releasing, I'm releasing them, wait a minute, I'm releasing them to God. I, I thought the other day. I think maybe, you know how we do child dedications. you all do child dedications here. I think we ought to do two of them, one when they're babies and one when they graduate from high school. And make parents come forward again with them real big and tall, and say, we're giving them to God all over again and giving ourselves to God all over again. Because, look, you got to give them to God. Watch this our goal is not to draw them to us it's point them to him in fact let me show you this go back to the Psalms again just for a second real quick go to Psalm 127 this is one of two powerful family Psalms that are right here back to back Psalm 127 Psalm 128 look at Psalm 127 we quote verse 3 a lot Lo, children are in heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward that's a great verse But keep reading as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man so are children of the youth I love talking about my kids as heritage and fruit and reward you know why because heritage you get to enjoy fruit you get to enjoy reward you get to enjoy but when you come to verse number four did you ever notice it changes the object lesson and now they're arrows you know what arrows do arrows don't sit at your house Arrows are to be sent. They're to be, they're to be shot out beyond you. They're, they're to go out into the battlefield. Look, you can hold on to your kids for a little while, but there's coming a day you're going to have to release them to the good grace of Almighty God and believe that you have prepared them with the help of the Holy Spirit for the spiritual opposition they're about to face. Look at verse number five. Happy is the man that had his quiver full of them. I love this. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak. Oh, mark that in your Bible. I love that. Not you'll speak. Not not you'll say. No, no. They shall speak with the enemies in the gate. I'm going to tell you what this church is about. This church family is about preparing the next generation to stand up and speak out for Jesus Christ. They have to speak with the enemies in the gate. And where does that start? It's got to start with us. Go back to our list and let me give you another truth. Would you write this down, number three? Not only do you need to help them do the revealed will of God and encourage them to seek God for themselves, and let me just say this. Stop just a second. Refuse to choose for them. Don't you let your kids make you choose what they're supposed to do with their life. I don't want that on me. Look, they got to live with it. I don't want these kids to do what I want them to do. I want them to find out what God wants them to do. See, they got a much better father than me. He's the heavenly father, and he sees the end from the beginning perfectly. Don't you choose for them. Point them to Jesus and let God show them what they're supposed to do. Number three, help them to identify their gifts and abilities. How did God make them? They're unique, they're perfectly made. Oh, it's wonderful to see how God makes all of us different. How many of you parents know what I'm talking about? Your kids are different, yes? Some more different than others, amen to that. But the reality is we're made that way on purpose. That's That's what makes a church wonderful, every member of the body finding their place and doing their part. Look, young people, you don't have to be somebody else. You've got to be you. I like what Dale Moody said, my human best filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be a cheap copy, a knockoff of somebody else. You just got to find out who you are in Jesus Christ and then be filled with the Holy Spirit and let God make you everything God created you to be. And us trainers, we're supposed to cheer you on and that it encourage you in the Lord. Number four, write this one down. Encourage them to start serving God right where they are. I mean, everybody's going to be in the ministry, but everybody ought to serve the Lord in a local church. Everybody ought to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Everybody ought to find their place, get off the bench and get in the game. Too many spectators in our American Christianity. We need more participants. And that doesn't start older. That starts younger. The night God called me to preach, an old country preacher in West Virginia put his arm around me. Carlos Settle was his name. He's with the Lord now. (laughs) He was a big old guy. I can still see him, short and big. And he put his arm around me and hugged me, and he said, Son, God's called you to preach. I said, Yes, sir. Great. Get your first sermon together. You're going to preach next week in a cottage prayer meeting. And I said, Wait a minute. Let's talk about this thing for a second. And I still remember what he said next. He never hesitated. He said, Scott, if you don't start serving God now, you probably never will. And he was right. So I got my first sermon together and preached five or six minutes in Mr. and Ms. Logan's home and it was absolutely pitiful and all the senior citizens got in line hugged my neck when I was done told me it was the greatest sermon they'd ever heard in their life and I was the next Billy Sunday. They lied to me. That's what they did. But they encouraged me and they cheered me on and I want you to know these young people need somebody cheering them on to serve God and encourage them to start right where they are. You don't have to wait till you're perfect because you're never going to be perfect. You don't have to wait till the circumstances get better because they're never going to get better. And for the record, kids don't need to hear moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas whining around and speaking in unbelief about how awful the world is. I heard somebody the other day say, I wouldn't want to be a young person growing up in this generation. I thought, heaven help us. Don't tell my kids that. You think God made a mistake in when he let you live? I think it's a privilege that God would let you live on the edge of eternity in the generation before Jesus comes back. I think it's the greatest time on earth to be alive. Don't you miss what God has for you. Find his path and get on it. One more for all the trainers. Number five, stay close to them. Build relationships that stay close enough so you can give guidance. Guidance. There's a fine line here. I learned early on, if you're working with young people, for example, you can't just be their pal and be their buddy. It's not a popularity contest. Sometimes you've got to tell them things they don't want to hear. But I also learned something as a parent. You know what it is that not only am I father to these kids, but I'm to be a true friend to them. and look, they're out of my house now, but I want to be friends the rest of our life. And I want to keep a kind of relationship that I can pray for them and encourage them. They can ask me anything. they can seek counsel about anything. I didn't necessarily plan to say this, but let me just throw this one in for good measure. You young people, don't make life-altering decisions without seeking counsel. In the multitude of counselors, there's safety, and the multitude matters who you're asking. I have never made a major decision in my life. I'm 46 years of age. I have never made a major, I'm talking about life-altering decision in my life without seeking counsel from a certain handful of people. There's a certain group of people that are my uh, my dearest, most intimate counselors. I can tell you names right now, and they're not always the people that you might think they are, but the people that have had my best interest at heart who pray for me and love me and have pointed me to God. And I want you to know, you don't get to the place where you don't need counsel. You never graduate from needing God's wisdom. Stay close to one another. I believe it is a satanic strategy to disconnect parents and their children. I believe it is a satanic strategy to get old people and young people so divided in a church that the old people think these young people don't get it and the young people think these old people don't get me. It's a satanic strategy. I'm choosing my words carefully. Because there's only one thing that one generation can pass to the next, and that's truth. And the only way it gets passed is if the two generations are still connected. If the link in the chain breaks, brother, we've got a serious issue. And I'm speaking to every family tonight and I'm speaking to this church family and I'm saying to you, we must all step up to the plate and say by the grace of God, I'm going to train up a child in the way he should go so when he's old he'll not depart from it. And if I am the child, I'm going to take the baton, I'm going to take my turn and run with it and by the grace of God, I'm going to pass it on to somebody else. You young people, you said 30 years from now, how old you'll be? I'm going to tell you what you'll be. You'll be married. What kind of marriage do you want? You're choosing now. What would you like your kids to think about you? I'll tell you what scares me to death, that I could live and do something and my kids would say, I'm ashamed that Scott Paul is my daddy. What do you want to leave behind? This verse is not some flippant thing we just quote to make us feel better. It's a divine principle that every one of us must say by the grace of God, look, we've all blown it we've all blown it how many of you sitting here thinking man i should have done a better job would you raise your hand yeah well join the club all right start where you are and it's not just in your home it's in the church titus chapter 2 the older men teach the younger men and the older women teach the younger women some of you say my kids are grown my grandkids are grown our our kids aren't even close to us all right god puts you in a in the best family on earth it's called the family of god everybody glad to be part of the family of god And let me recommend something to you you older people find you a young couple in this church that you can encourage you find you a young single adult a college age young person you find you one of these teenagers and you love them and you encourage them and you invest in them and you teach them and you be their cheerleader i'm going to tell you why because the devil's after every last one of them and the only way we're going to see an army of kids ready to speak with the enemy in the gate is somebody has to take this seriously and say, by the grace of God, we're going to do what God has given us to do. And I come full circle back to what my friend Johnny Daniels told me. It's God, it's God. It's not about God's general way. It's about God's individual way, his specific path for every one of them. What's the first word of that verse, church? Tell me, what's the first word of that verse? Now, we know the word train, at least we think we do. I've heard People preach it all my life. I got to studying that word. I found out something really interesting. Did you know this is the only place in the entire Old Testament that word is used? Now, when God uses the word a lot, that's for emphasis, but when he uses it sparingly, very selectively, that's also, for instance, it's the only place in the Bible where this word train is used. And I got to studying the word. Do you know what it comes from? It comes from a root word that means to narrow down Watch this. At the very time in life when all the world is opening up to them, at the very stage where they got people pulling in every direction and they got more options and and more colleges talking to them and, and more future plans and more ideas than they've ever had, at the very moment that it all is opening up and getting broader and bigger, at that moment, we must help them narrow it down to what God wants them to do with their life. That's what training is. Like a funnel that starts wide and comes to a point. Look, young people, you can't do everything with your life, but you're going to do something with your life. Find God's path and get on it as soon as you can. And our job is to help you whittle it down. Everybody remember when your kids had training wheels? How many of you remember that? That was an event. Wasn't that an event? Phew. And every day they're out there, every day they're out there. And then there's that day that you finally take the training wheels off, and dad or mom's running along behind holding the bicycle. And then there's that moment. I got you, I got you. Just keep pedaling. And what do you do? You know what you do. You release. You're doing good. Keep don't look back. Keep keep riding. And suddenly they're off. You trained them. Be a little odd. Bill a lot if out here in Hickory we saw a 50-year-old man riding his bike tomorrow with training wheels on, don't you think? Somebody said, something's not right there. No. Training wheels don't last forever. It'll pass. They'll be gone. They'll fall by the wayside. And you'll have to ride. It'll be your turn. In the Greek days they had their equivalent of the Olympic Games they called them the Isthmian games it was a little isthmus not an island but an isthmus a little a little jut, jutted out piece of land and they came from all over the world and it was big I mean it's a big deal they had boxing matches with steel studded gloves so they would fight to the death that sounds like a lot of fun doesn't it they had boat races they had all kinds of things but the biggest part of the Isthmian games was a relay race really fascinating you read all about it It really fascinating they'd have a line of runners here and all of them were carrying not a baton a torch a lighted torch (laughs) imagine running with a lighted torch off in the distance you could see another row of runners waiting on them they're facing this way and beyond them on the next ridge where you could not see at the beginning of the relay race there's another row of runners and the the relay race was very simple you not only had to run you had to keep the light lit and you had to keep the torch upright and you had to efficiently and effectively hand it off to the next runner and they had to receive it then they had to run with it with their turn and then the third guy until finally he got to the finish line it became so famous they actually coined a motto they they would put it on things all over the region and when people saw it they knew exactly what it meant and here was the motto let those who carry the light pass it on And I'm standing here tonight to say to you, there were some people that handed me the light. They didn't tell me everything to do with my life, but they pointed me to God. And God showed me the path. And he still is. And what I want to do by the grace of God, I'd like to pass it on. And tonight, I'm going to ask all the trainers and the trainees, the old and the young, to find your place in the relay race and determine by the grace of God, you're going to keep running till you get to the finish line. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com.